Hello there. Welcome to the Kirk Minahan wrap-up show for the Monday, May 3rd, 2021 episode. Uh, It was WPLM 2024 in regards to Kirk's return to radio. And uh, there was a little controversy or, or, you know, there was uh, there was some talk on the show about whether or not Kirk would win the September book in 2024 if he decided to come back. Uh, Steve, very hesitant to say yes. Um, matter of fact, I believe at one point Steve even said he would not compete. So that that's uh, that's some shocking words out of the mouth of uh, the producer of the biggest radio talent in all of America. And uh, I'm joined today. As always, on for the Monday shows, Andrew Augustus. Andrew, how are you doing? Good. It's a. I actually, fun fact. I actually used to work with the program director of Easy Ninety Nine One, Mr. Scott Ranish. It's not Reniche, Reniche. It's Ranish. 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 Oh, did, how did? You, how do you know him? Or, I used, I used to work with him when I uh, did a summer working at uh, WBSM in New Bedford. I believe. Oh uh, God, what was it? One of the interns. It was around for a little bit, like Fun 107. It's Town Square Media. Um, and it's actually, he used to, he's friendly with uh, the guy that re- that came in and helped Howie after Steve left, T- Taylor. So, oh, yes. I, 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 none of that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know <laughs> Howie and T- Taylor, all this other shit. Yeah. Um, so if, if Steve is listening to this, that's if he wants to get in touch with them, I'd recommend going through Taylor and they could probably get them to actually talk because. I mean, he he listens. He he enjoyed it, and he played along at, on the Friday show, and it was good to see him playing along again on Monday. So, uh, I, I think I, that there could be something if they want to bring him in. I guess reach out. I think he might play along. Now, it doesn't it doesn't seem to me like Steve is very interested in making a return to uh, to radio and taking a massive massive pay cut, as as Kirk would say. But uh, we'll get that to a little bit. First thing, Andrews, I have a question for you. Shoot, if I tell you that I'm giving you 50 cent and, and a nickelback. That is 45 cents. Correct. Cause That's Mike true. did not seem to get this joke. How, uh, how the tickets were 45 cent because it was 50 cent and nickelback. It was, uh, I, I don't know. I thought that was a funny way to start the show. And I, even, I, I thought I even put it out yesterday. I was like, well, we know it must've been in what's I'm saying. That's like a fifth grade word math problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for that situation and even when he was uh talking about how he came on kirk and off and he's like and the guys are gonna make fun of me and say they how much they hate me i go i don't hate you mike it's just and it was a funny moment because you could hear just in the awkwardness and the silence of mike thinking trying to figure mm-hmm. out even after the second time kirk explained it no it would be this and he's like wait wait and then that oh shit moment <laughs> clicks on and it was just had me dying laughing yeah, to be fair, you were absolutely ripping Mike Saturday night. It was bad. It was just crazy. <laughs> you and the other two uh, hooligans were just absolutely ripping. Oh, my God. The things you were saying about his Patreon and oh, don't even get me to what, what you were saying about Alba and shit. That was just not cool. But, um, but yeah, Mike, Mike did not get that joke to start off. I always like it when Kirk starts off, you know, with something like that because you don't know if he's being serious. Uh, my first thought was I thought concert tickets were going to be pretty expensive, you know, with limited – capacity and all these other things and then he's like no i'm serious then he said the joke and it was like okay kirk yeah got us yeah got us kirk it was uh it, it, i don't know it was very funny i love it i love it when kirk starts off the show uh it was a very light-hearted show very funny show very funny show today i don't know if you have anything to say about the opening i, I liked or, it it was uh it was nice to know that even kirk said that that us on kirk and offer probably good guys which i think is a 
uh, uh, fair enough. I mean, we've all dug our own graves one way or another <laughs> in his, in his, uh, in the eyes of the show. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it was funny to hear that, but it was, again, appreciative to have Mike on Uh great talk to get some good background. Even hearing my favorite part with that was, uh, and he, Kirk was right. It's Mike was the big guy, the big cock in the room that day. His dad was scared and, uh, we appreciate him coming on and we're not going to trash him that much anymore unless he does something where we can't figure out 50 minus five in a math in a world problem. So true. So, so yeah, so that's how they started off. And then they kind of got into, uh, you know, they talked about the Cal Noon event on Saturday, which I think went very well. It seemed that everyone who was there had a lot of fun. Um, and then it rolled into Kirk announcing that I am in charge of Madawaska 2021, which I am going to say I am taking this very seriously. Uh, Madawaska 2021 is going to be a very fun event. I'm just trying to uh, figure out a couple things before I make any announcements, like like uh, how how many people will be involved, uh, where exactly it's going to uh, certain events are going to take place. Um, so hopefully I'll have all that for you, for everyone by the end of the week. So, we uh, take another stab at singing a song about, the, about Madawaska and planning Madawaska. <laughs> uh, I love Madawaska so much. Kirk gave me the chance to plan it. Then I drive up to Madawaska and I get the show da, 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 da. just <laughs> like Madawaska. uh it will be really cool i don't know uh i don't know yeah, I... Uh, that, there we go there's my version of just like a prayer um except <laughs> it's a Madawaska version so uh what are your thoughts on you know kirk giving me the responsibility of planning uh what some say is the biggest uh the you know the some people, and not the biggest, but people say it's the most exclusive, most, you know, prized possession of last year was to say you went to Madawaska. Kirk's handing the responsibility over to me. Uh, so I have to plan the events. I have to plan the food. I have to plan, you know, the show itself. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big responsibility. So as a fan, what's your perspective on it? I mean, congratulations, one. I think that puts a little pressure on you because it mm-hmm. is one of the it was the exclusive event that everyone liked to talk about especially just before the pandemic and two mm-hmm. it was rumored to be the hall of fame ceremony as well so that's we, right that is another aspect that we're going to have to throw into this uh and with it looks like up in maine we have the unlimited outdoors now and we are in the summer so we can have an outdoor event we can have 100 percent capacity so we, we, we there is a lot of potential there for a fun uh fun experience up in northern maine uh, are we going to see a return of WCXX? Are we going to be reaching out to Mr. Chandler again? There's a there's all these opportunities that I think uh, you can take a hold of here. Yeah, I have a couple ideas floating around, but before I make anything definite, I want to run them by uh, the people at Barstool and Steve, obviously, and Kirk uh, to make sure. I will say though, so I uh, so it was always my understanding that Mike would be coming up to Madawaska. Uh, I believe because even on the show on yesterday's show. They were talking to Mike, and when they changed the date from June 5th to June 12th due to scheduling conflicts, uh, Kirk was like, Mike, that works for you, right? Uh, so I reached out to Mike. I, I, you know, I, I booked a hotel room, uh, you know, one bed. He gets the bed. I get the floor, as as we uh, we know. And I said, hey, if uh, I, I, I got everything settled up. And he's like, yeah, you'd probably have to drive me up again. 
Uh, so it's not 100% that Mike would be up there, but I have a strong feeling Mike will make his uh, return to Madawaska. Uh, I'd like to make it kind of like, uh, you know, there's a, things to do on Friday. There's things to do on Saturday. There's even going to be, you know, a couple things to do on Sunday for uh, for, for people uh, to come up there. So hopefully we get the, uh, I get the ticket amount, uh, the availability pretty soon. And I'll be, you know, Relaying that to Mike the Merman's moment, get Mike a little sauced up again on the Friday night to talk oh, about. I don't think Blind Mike project. I, if you if you listen to the most recent Blind Mike project, uh, you would know that Mike has uh, kind of traded off his, uh, you know, his drinking for a little bit of uh, doing the edibles of uh, marijuana. So I don't think that would be an option anymore. But no, like uh, oh, I was, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be no shortage of edibles up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think Mike's going to make his return to Madawaska. I think it's going to be a blast. Um, the only thing I will say is, uh, I, I, I didn't know if it was a joke or not when they called me up and said, "You are now in charge of Madawaska." Uh, I was, I was just walking around my house and I get the phone call from Steve. Uh, answer it and then the first thing Kirk says is you are now in charge of Madawaska which I I did not necessarily know what that meant I didn't know if that means like I like to you know I'm in charge of planning the thing I did not know if it was just a joke just being like oh Justin wants to do the Kowloon or whatever so now fuck it he gets to do Madawaska or whatever but um it sounds like it's going to be a fun time um, I'm excited. I think I'm pretty decent at planning events. Uh, there should be lots to do, hopefully an outdoor lunch sort of thing, uh, cookout sort of thing. Uh, that would be very, very much, uh, appreciated. So I, I can't wait. Do you plan on going Andrew? I'm hoping to, I, that is my plan right now is to be up in Madawaska. That is my hope. That is my plan. I even saw, I even saw my co-host buddies, like, Oh, the guys I've talked to might not be able to go as, but then someone correctly pointed out, he met a bunch of people, almost 30 people at the Kowloon who are probably. Oh, it's, so it's, it's like, well, I, I, I can't count past 10. So True. <laughs> let's just figure it. We'll, we'll leave it at that. But it was like 30, 40. You had a great crowd for that. We meet all mm -hmm. these people there. They're going to go up. So it's going to be a hot ticket event. I have total faith in you for the fact that you got, again, as, as Steve correctly said on the show, you got all those people to show up Saturday night with you being the draw. Now you're going to have Madawaska. This is going to be, I, I have, I'm, th I'm thinking positively for this one. I have faith in you, Justin. Yeah. I think, I think the other minute fans were the draw. I was not the draw to go to the Kowloon, but it was, like I said, it was a good time. So, there was another point in today's show, which I thought was very funny. You know, uh, the Kirk Minahan world, you know, branches off and, you know, there's there's other podcasts that are, you know, like Kirk and off that are very, very like dependent on the Kirk Minahan show. And then there are other podcasts that, you know, they uh, they're in the universe, uh, but, you know, they can survive, quote unquote, survive. They don't rely on Kirk Minahan content to survive, even though their fan base might be 99.99% Minna fans. Um, I think the clip of uh, Louis J. Gomez doing an ad read for Quantum Week was one of the funnier things I've heard on the show in the in, in the most recent. Just you could hear it in Mike's voice that Louis J. Gomez is to is to blind Mike as like Kirk is to most Minna fans. He Mike loves <laughs> Louis J. Gomez. He he. 
He listens to all of his all of his podcasts. He's had him on his his podcast. That was a huge get for him. It was a great go back and listen on the Blind Mike Project. It was one of the free episodes. Um, the you can just hear it. Uh, I, I like it how they did not tell Mike. They they must have done this to at some level troll Mike because he because he, he said he was just listening and suddenly they said, "Let me tell you about my friends at Quantum Week. This is a great podcast, and I'm glad I like Chris." Uh, I'm a little iffy on Matt right now. Me and Matt got into kind of a heated, uh, heated debate on Twitter. I haven't blocked at the moment. Um, <laughs> is this over the Star Wars thing? Yes, this is this is over him ranking uh, Revenge of the Sith as the worst Star Wars movie. So yeah, he'll be blocked until I calm down. Uh, but I think I think it was so funny just to hear uh, uh, Louis J. Gomez, who, like Kirk said, has never listened to an episode of Quantum Week, was reading the copy verbatim. <laughs> And was saying like, oh, yeah, unlike other uh, pop culture podcasts, they they hit you with the truth. They're not going to lie to you. And it's, it's that was very funny to see. And, and I'm glad Mike was the one that caught that. It wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't something that Chris or Matt sent to Steve or, or Kirk beforehand. And they kind of played them. I like it how like Mike got to react on his own on Twitter. And then he came on the show. He's like, can you fucking believe these guys? Uh, but, but, uh, but no, good for them for, uh, for advertising, reaching out and, you know, growing their podcast. My first thought was um, good for them. I mean, maybe in a couple of months, Kirk won't be able to say that uh, the majority of their listeners are from the Kirk Manhattan show universe. Cause you know, if they're getting these Louis J Gomez fans, they're getting all I'm these curious. other, there was a bump from it. Like that would be, like, I'm curious to see what that, what the Louis J Gomez bump, is from that ad, and I, and I think you're. I, I it's 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 gotta be a little troll job. I mean, to have for it for it to come out when it did, and to have Mike catch it on its own. You gotta think, Chris and Matt. Like, I'm 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 gonna take the it guess. Has to be gotta be a troll job. And if it is, bravo! It's so so well executed. And, and now, are we gonna see the Blind Mike project start popping up at other on other programs? You know what I think? See, the question was brought up was who is the alpha? Who is like the brains behind Quantum Week? I voted for uh, Chris. I think I think Chris is kind of people. People said, uh, you know, Matt has the background in marketing. But uh, I believe it was Chris who was the marketer who would sell like signs and stuff to minor league baseball teams. I believe that was Chris. So I'm giving it to Chris. I think I think Chris kind of uh, he doesn't produce the podcast, but I think he kind of steers more in the direction of where it goes. Um, I think they really thought to themselves, hey, if we do this thing on with Luis J. Gomez, we, we're getting a two-for-one here. We are not only going to be talked about on uh, – we're getting a three-for-one. We're going to be talked about on Luis J. Gomez's podcast, whatever the Seinfeld one is. He's going to be talked about on the Blind Mike Project, and they're going to be talked about in the Kirk Minahan show. So, I mean – and, you know, like uh, – like Kirk said, there's plenty of new viewers from the or listeners from the case who have come over to uh, to listen to the Kirk Minahan show that are new. And bam, now they're now they're hearing about you know Quantum Week. Maybe they'll go check it out. I'm sure they saw a huge. I'm saw. I'm sure they saw a bump uh, from Louis J. Gomez, and I'm sure they saw an even bigger bump for after being talked about on Quantum Week. I think it was genius marketing uh, from either Chris or Carano. Um, I think personally, you're really hoping it's Chris right now. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Me, me and Corona have a little bit of beef right now, but but that's fine. I'll put that aside. Uh, I'm not one to to hold personal grudges. Um, but the only thing I will say 
is that it, it, yeah it was just it was just hilarious just to hear just to hear Louis J. Gomez say here and Mike's just like kind of cringing in his seat I and see I think it's different I think Mike wouldn't have to advertise the Patreon I think it's very difficult to advertise a Patreon uh to new listeners rather than advertise like the free podcast and then hoping people well, that's like the way the you free pop yes you get like it's, it's it's you give them a little taste of the product and then mm-hmm. if, if they want to dive in you let them go full in with the with the blind mic project it's a it, it was very fun to listen it was funny and and i think at the end you could tell there is i think when he i wish i was with mike the first time he listened to it because just to hear Louis gomez say the phrase my friends yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to see his very first initial reaction to that and how like what is this Type of no. thing. I'm, I'm sure. I'm. Oh, you're talking about Mike or Lewis? Right. Just. Oh, I want to yeah. see Mike's initial reaction. Be like friends. Quantum. What? Like well, I don't. I just. I could just see him sitting there, just going, "Those sons of bitches," just like <laughs> smiling to himself, going, hey, "Those sons of bitches." So, uh, so like I said, good for uh, go go check out Quantum Week. They're a great pop culture podcast. They they go through the movies and the music and of uh, of a certain date um, of the previous 40, 40 years. So that uh, is there anything else you want to say about the uh, the quantum week thing? Because I, I I found that very very funny. It's a it, it was a great move by them, and uh, it's as someone I, I've I've been listening to quantum week ever since Matt and got really involved and started talking about it on the show. It's it's been a great listen. I'm excited. I'm hoping one day that they do a Caddyshack uh, podcast. I just love Caddyshack, and I feel that would be a fun one. But good for them. Glad to see they're doing well and a great troll job. I'm I'm just I'm counting this as a troll job. Great move. Great move. Yeah. Great. Great. Great move. So the uh, the other thing that was kind of stuff we'll we'll do we'll get the blind mic stuff out of the way before we get to uh, Rico Bosco and Kirk's Kirk's return to radio. Uh, I think Mike slipped in that he has a one dollar tier now on Patreon, um, which is you know go to Patreon.com/slash blind mic. I know Quantum Week had a one dollar tier. I think Mike's just trying to see if you know there's people out there who just kind of want to support him, and I believe you get access to all the live streams as they happen. Uh, with the one dollar tier, so uh, so go 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 check that out. Uh, like like they said on the show on Monday, you know, Mike says a couple things that aren't uh, you know, he's he doesn't hold anything back. You get the uncensored Mike Geary on uh on the on the Patreon. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting that you know Mike came out with a one dollar tier. So uh, make sure to go check that out. Uh, support our guy Blind Mike. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. I just kind of wanted to sneak that in. No, it's uh, I'm happy for Mike. I'm happy he's doing well. He seems again, and even having him on, it, it's I've been saying this for weeks that his confidence level is just so much different than when it was from when he was doing it five days a week. It's refreshing to hear he comes in. It's he's doing great, and I'm and I'm glad to see he's being uh, as successful as. I think he's being even with like the more on money. Uh, the one fun fact though, is I still can see that he can be a little irked with Steve as for, uh, cause I guess, uh, Robinson had a little bug in his ear to sell all of his Dogecoin before this most recent explosion. Of yeah. It. And so, it would have been worth like 50 or $60,000 right now. So yeah, it's, that's, it's, uh, it's, that's kind of tough. So it's but. a tough loss for that, but you know what? Maybe with more, get more of these $1 subscriptions and he can make it back in no time. That's right. So, you know, best of luck to Mike with all that. Um, let's head over. So Rico Bosco, the Dustin tournament is actually taking place today, the first round. The second round is taking place tomorrow. And so are the semifinals and the finals. So Kirk, 
Steve and Rico Bosco on a team. It sounds like Kirk and Steve are going to be remote. I'm not sure if they're going to be uh, not in Watertown. Uh, it's of my knowledge that they will be in Watertown. So that I'm sure Steve will have that all set up and everything and, you know, have good Wi-Fi and, you know, be have everything be available to them. But <laughs> when, when Kirk said today, he's like, I'd rather talk to Kingpin Pete about Rico Bosco than actually talk to Rico Bosco. I thought that was very telling of what the future of this relationship is going to be. I think, I think uh, Rico, it has a, you want to talk about someone who has a, you know, a hairline trigger um, where if you say, or, or if you like the wrong thing on Twitter, you'll get blocked. Um, he, he's the reason why people have left Barstool before. Um, Barstool employees have quit because they've said it's either me or Rico and Portnoy goes, well, I mean, I'm not firing either of you. So they end up quitting. So I, 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 I think the uh, relationship with Rico Bosco is going to be quite an interesting one, especially depending on how this tournament works out. Because, um, I don't know if you saw Andrew, but the dozen tournament recently released. Uh, so they'll be releasing one game a, uh, a day, um, for, the rest of the uh, month of May and the, I believe the Kirk Minahan team, Kirk Minahan versus whoever wins against uh, team nightmare or team uh, misfits will be on May 18th. So we still have a little bit long, more than two weeks until we get to see, uh, see the uh, conclusion of, of, you know, how Kirk did, in the trivia, which I think is going to be tough to try to keep quiet because you know they're going to want to talk about it. You know they're going to want to have Rico on to talk about it. Um, I'm not sure Rico will stay quiet. Uh, so so I, I don't know. I, th- I think the Rico Bosco relationship is hilarious and it's only going to either get better and, you know, Kirk for some reason becomes the only person at Barstool that like Rico lets get away with things or it's just going to blow up <laughs> in uh in Rico's face and it, it's going to you know be uh be quite the scene what, what, what are your thoughts on it two things one if you think the relationship with Brandon Walker is always like flip floppy back and forth in that it's just a time bomb with Rico so oh, that's great so I it, it's what's going to be the big test is when like uh because as you said on the Saturday wrap-up show you did for Friday's show this is an addition because the biggest categories that the team struggles in, your college footballs mm-hmm. and a lot of those sport ones, that, that's Rico's bread and butter. He's in the gambling. He's got that knowledge behind it. Yep. But as we've seen, the reason why he's available is because he's such a mental case, he refused to even play against <laughs> Feidelberg. And then even when they pulled the Gottlieb thing on him, he freaked out about that, and he looked like a sore cat the whole time. So yep. it's going to be really interesting if – you you have two head case, like two big head cases on the team, and I know Kirk's going to show up and, and completely crush it. But is Rico going to be able to hold himself together? Because if it is, if it is Team Nightmare, then you're gonna your fights is coming back. So and then Cons will be there too, and he has that issue with Cons. So is he going to pull this off, or is he going to listen to Captain Kirk, nut up, and just destroy them? Because uh, looking at the matchup for the their best chance, y- you want to face team nightmare because they're good compared compared to what it is so it hopefully they can hold on but i don't see this relationship lasting much longer 
past the dozens because Rico's going to say something. Kirk's going to catch wind of it. Kirk's going to call him an idiot. And then Rico's just going to blow up. And then yep. Rico's going <laughs> to end of it. So right now this we're is, all riders. The Minifans got to be riders right now. Oh, of course. Of course. But this is one of the few relationships where I think that it will not be Kirk who blows up the relationship. That it, it will be Rico who is like, who, oh, yeah. you know, goes too far and, and does does all that jazz. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to see. Like you said, Rico kind of does compliment Kirk and Steve very well, especially if they have, you know, Steve's niche categories down. Uh, but I just think it was funny how in the uh, group text he sent, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, he was like, we just got like, uh, no turnovers, no turnovers. It's like, yeah, we're going to try to get the answers, right, Rico? I mean, I don't know, I don't know what no turnovers means. And it looked but, like they said it to Kirk's wrong number, too. He's like, he, he texted us? <laughs> yeah. So. Like, even then, I'm glad I, have, I haven't seen Rico say anything about that. But that's, that is like something that small of Kirk just being like, oh, I didn't know he texted me type of thing could set him off just because he thinks he's big timing him, which is the whole thing with Feidelberg that he's pissed off about because I guess the, like the way Feidelberg said hi, wasn't good enough for him or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's so. It's, it's, it's so much fun to watch. I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get a good glimpse of him. And I really, I know Kirk doesn't want to talk to him, but hopefully he makes an appearance on the show at some point. Oh, he, I, he, yeah, he's going it, to be fun. It would be fun. Oh, he's, he's a, he was a hundred percent going to, uh, I, I think when Kirk said he doesn't want to talk to him, I think he means like off air, you know, Kirk's not a big off air talking guy. I think he would, uh, I think he would appreciate having Rico on, especially, you know, just to talk about some of his crazy barstool stories and, uh, you know, his origin story of him being just a caller into barstool radio and somehow getting hired is just, it's just good on, good on Rico. Living every Kirk had the typical barstool hire. Yeah. So that about does it for Rico. Um, before we get to Kirk's return to radio, uh, Nantucket Magazine and SNL both suck. I mean, the fact that, you know, you got these people on this comedy show are boycotting or threatening to boycott doing their jobs because uh, they're going to bring on a host who is really rich and is going to, in turn, make them richer because the ratings are going to go up. You know, people are talking about Elon Musk coming up. He is one of the biggest celebrities in the world. And these actors or writers or whatever are, are crying. I think that's absolutely moronic. And I think an even bigger pussy move is Nantucket Magazine giving a uh, heartfelt apology. Um, or what did they say? It was sincere apology or, or yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was something ridiculous just because they had Portnoy on. And it's and fine. If you want to issue an apology and look flat, you, it's, it's your right to do it. But it, it's just so soft. It, it If anything, if you're really that sorry, an editor needs to go then. You're managing it. If you want to actually show an if you're going to say this was such an error that we needed to publish this whole thing, then you got to hold someone accountable. You knew what you were doing when you put David Portnoy on the cover. You, you just, you wanted to sell your product, which is a smart move. If we're getting to the point now, which I think is the biggest, the scarier thing of this is just a censorship that a, a magazine it's, we live in the United States of America, freedom of press is your first one. And you're going to curtail to the people and, and cower down and cry over the simple fact that you, you had a subject on mm -hmm. God, what would these people be like when time named Adolf Hitler, the person of the year back in the 1940s, like what, uh, what, they would have gone up in arms uh, uh, about that. It, it's, I, I'm sorry that you're going to have, 
these issues. I think it's important to hear from all sides. And you know what? Your responses in newspapers should, should be write a letter, write a letter in. We'll publish the letter. Don't freaking just play the BS card of like, oh, we got backlash and now we're sorry. Man up. If you don't like it, you have your space. Publish their ends. Show both sides of the argument. I'm just sick of seeing that only one side is just going to be getting propped up like, oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah, you're right. I com- I completely agree, except I will say that the uh, that you know I, I I see vast differences between David Portnoy and Adolf Hitler. Oh no, it's uh-huh. huge. But, <laughs> yeah. but but the whole point of it as is like yes, I'm no, I know what you mean. Fact in time that that has actually happened for it. So it, it, that he was named that. So if like in this day and age, like what was it back in like as uh, I, I was doing one of the re-listens, I think it was like one of the shows in December of nineteen that they were even talking about is that Donald Trump should win time person of the year because that's, that was the newsmaker all four years of his presidency. He was the biggest newsmaker. And that's what that position, that's what that title was for. Now, if you want to change up what it's, what it is then change the criteria, make and do that. But it's just ridiculous that the, this fear of just coming in and being like, Oh, we're sorry. We didn't want to offend anyone. Just, and, and I think it's it's irresponsible for the public to even and the left to even say, oh, just because you talk to him, you're automatically endorsing him. No, if there was someone who completely hated me and I was doing my own solo podcast and, and they wanted to come on and I completely disagreed with them, I would have them on just like the show would. The show is all open to having anyone on from any side. It's just one side is willing to talk about it and the other side's not unless you're all in agreement, which is one of the, I think, is the scariest thing because then you get into your own little bubble. Oh, uh, this is all my happy world. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, everything Dave Portnoy touches seems to turn to gold, and but some people seem to be like, uh, seem to be allergic to gold. So they, uh, you know, they get the little taste and then they get a little backlash because he, uh, he said something about you know skinny jeans back in like 2011, and people run and cry to whoever's in charge and, and try to censor him and make act like he doesn't exist. Meanwhile, these fucking supermodels down in Miami going to the Kentucky Derby, you know, just living his best life. So, if you if you would tell me you would not trade, if like you're an average an average American. And you would say you would not trade your life to live Dave Portnoy's life. You're a liar, regardless of what your political affiliation. Oh, 100. <laughs> there is no, basically, no average person who would give up everything just to trade lives with Dave Portnoy. Yeah, so that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it. It's just it feels like every week there's a different um, Dave Portnoy story where you know someone's saying, "Oh, Dave Portnoy's the worst. He's the absolute." You know, I can't believe this. You know, Twitter let him say this, or he he said this on this magazine or this TV program. It's just, I mean, the man runs the news cycle. He 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 really is. I mean, he should be time person of the year. He's a fucking he's a fucking G. Um, I'd love to see him host this. I know I know that was mentioned. So let's uh let's talk about uh, Kirk's return to radio. On uh, so he said after his contract, he wants to uh get the uh win the ratings book. He wants to get a job. You know, make a decent salary. And uh, and earn the rating ratings book. Steve said he would not even compete. Uh, Mike believes that he will be, you know, he will easily be number one. I'd, I'd like to before I give my input, I'd like to know Andrew what your thoughts are on uh, on Kirk, if, where he would rank in the rating book if he went back to a station like uh, WCLB, WPLM, yeah, WPLM, whatever. <laughs> I, I um, honestly like. Looking at, I, I just pulled up the Nielsen ratings for Boston right now, and 
it's one of those situations that I can see uh, as I'm trying to look for WPLM. They're not showing up in the top 20 rankings right now uh, in the Boston market. But I think that's something where there's an opportunity where I, your highest ranking right now for March was a 7.7. I think he cracks the top 10 in his first month, top five in the second, second, uh, first book, second book, top five, third book, number one. Um, it, it, you, the loyalty of the Minifans is something I think is very underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why that he's been so successful is because you have these people coming up. And even when we're, I was talking with some of the Minifans at the Kowloon event, you, you hear, you hear about people like Kevin from Bristol, not because of like from calling into the Kirk Minahan show podcast, he was calling in when Kirk was starting on EEI and these characters stay through. They've mm-hmm. been battered, beaten. I, again, I've been told to jump off a cliff. Kevin got roasted and yet it's still loyalty tr- going to all the sponsors, supporting the shows, the show through and through. You mm-hmm. can't, you can't put a, you can't really, <laughs> properly verbalize how important that would be. And with the major of the market already being in Boston, as soon as you get that bump in, he's going to be easily work his way up. And yeah, it's going to be a big pay cut from what he's making now. But as the the whole conversation was going, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, is he serious? Is he not serious? He sounds pretty serious. I don't know. Is this contact, but I think it's, it's something that if he were to put his mind to it, he would, Mm -hmm within three books, be number one easily. So my thoughts on this is, or I agree with you, is that if if he took the Kirk Minahan show or some form of talk radio, not necessarily the Kirk Minahan show, and he brought it to any station, no matter how small, he would start charting, he would start winning books. But I'm not sure how long it would last if he just does kind of like the uh, the WCXX show. Um, where if he's just talking, like he says he wants to talk about music and I, I love Kirk. I'll listen to him to, to death. I'll follow him anywhere, anywhere he goes, you know, I'll, I'll listen to him. I'll, I'll support him. I'll, I'll do whatever I can for him. But I, I know there are a certain group of Mina fans who like hearing Kirk talk. And there are people who like hearing him, you know, hit the post. I'm not entirely sure if it was just Kirk hitting the post all day, um, with, with you know not really talking about today's events or inside inside like world things um how necessarily uh long that would last but I, I still think even if he just did a radio show and streaming numbers counted I could just see a bunch of minute fans just turning it on uh do you remember when I read Julie Dakara's book how she said if uh if there's like a woman broadcaster doing a game uh, just even if you're not, even if you can't watch it, just turn it on in your on, on your house. So like the Nielsen ratings will will collect it. Uh, I, I could I could see Kurt uh, Mina fans doing somewhat of the same thing where they just kind of you know turn on uh you know turn on the whatever station Kirk is Kirk is on, uh, and even if it's music playing ninety percent of the time and he's only giving you quirks about quips about the band, it's uh it would it would still trouble. I'm not entirely sure it would get to number one if it wasn't a pure talk-based station? I think it would. I honestly, at least in the beginning, because people would be interested in, in knowing Kirk, like from listening to him and his style, I don't think he would just let it, he wouldn't be your typical, like you hear on these shows of, of playing music. Mm-hmm. He would put his own spin on it. And I think that in and of itself would make it entertaining. And at the end of the day, we all know who his number one fan would be, Mr. Jared Carabas. 
because there's no That's one right, who yeah. more yeah. than Jared Carabas. So, uh, yeah, so so those are my thoughts on, you know, Kirk returning to radio. Um, the last question I wanted to ask you, Andrew, before we wrap things up here on the wrap-up show is Kirk said, uh, you know, it was mentioned on the Friday show with Jared, and they asked Mike, is Kirk currently the biggest media personality in Boston? I want to know. In Boston? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with yes. I, I I think that he is still so well regarded up here and it would be one of those situations like like I was saying that if you put him on any radio station you mm-hmm. see a huge spike that gets a top 10 rating almost automatically and yep. I don't and I and if I if you think you take that with like if if like a Mike Felger or or an Ordway were to go to a different radio station and try the same it would they would not get the same numbers that I completely Kirk. agree. I completely yeah. agree. If you if you take if Felger goes off and makes his own podcast, I, I don't see it um being uh being a success like the Kirk Minahan show would. I was thinking about this and I thought to myself, the only person I think could really challenge Kirk right now as the biggest media personality, I don't know if you consider him a media personality or just a straight up celebrity at this point, is Dave Portnoy. I, but I think Boston. I, I honestly, I don't consider Dave Portnoy Boston anymore. Oh, you don't? Oh, I, mm. I, I, I consider him heavy Boston. It's I, just he's just. When was the last time? I mean, the, his Mike Portnoy is more Boston than Dave Portnoy right now, in my opinion. No, I, I you know when I think when I think of Dave Portnoy, still I know he's I know he's a Miami guy now, but uh, but he's still very. I think Barstool's number one. You know, state is still Massachusetts. When I think of Bar, when I think of you know Barstool, I, I still think of Boston. When I think of Portnoy, I still think of Boston. So he he might be the only one that could actually challenge Kirk just because uh, of his celebrity, especially with like the TikTok stuff. With like, I, I would definitely say Dave would win the younger crowd over um, as far as like being a bigger media personality. But I do think I, I do think Kirk, uh, if he's not number one, would be the number two media personality still in Boston. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just, with, with everything that Port that Portnoy's done, I just, I think he's evolved from from Boston, and that, that I think he has, but I don't think Boston has evolved from him. I think very much so. People, uh, people still, when they think of Portnoy, they think of Boston. If he ran for mayor of Boston again and won, then I changed my mind. How's that? Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any plans of him doing that. So no, there's none. That was like well, brought up on a show a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, no, no, I'm not living in Massachusetts again. And I don't blame him. Yeah. So uh, anything else you want to talk about from yesterday's show? Andrew? No, it was a good show. Great listen. Um, and and the another great thing was the uh, the case too. It's I love hearing him talk about the case mm-hmm. and get the reaction from it. It was another great episode of the case. The best, best episode yet. It's it's just every episode's been better than the last, and their trajectory is going great. Uh, Kirk still seems optimistic that it's going to be done in eight episodes. I'm as listening. I'm like, there's still so much I want to know. So I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if there was more. I hope selfishly, I hope there's more, but they just keep doing a great job on it. And the, the one thing I was thinking of was that what are we, uh, what are the fans going to get first? A- another Kevin Mailer lie detector test or Steve Robinson's first lie detector test? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I should have said this at the beginning, but if you, um, if you haven't, subscribed and have given a five-star rating on apple podcast please everyone do that to the case um you know get those just the more people that hear about jennifer and faith and you know all these people's stories uh the better the more information that comes in 
Um, so the best thing you can do, honestly, is just share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, uh, give it five stars, write a review for it. And uh, that about does it. That about does it today. Adam, Andrew, any final, final thoughts? I'm just ha- happy to be back. Happy the show is going well and everything's going good. This has been a good week so far. It has. It has. So I will talk to you guys all tomorrow on the wrap up show. And I hope.